0: What is going on everybody and welcome to a special Tuesday edition of the Monday Rewind. It's the Monday, Tuesday, Monday Rewind right here on the OBR. Uh, and we have got for the first time in a month, for the first time in a month, we have got something fun to talk about. We have got a lot of excitement, a lot of great things. We're not here to complain. We're not here to talk bad. It's been a month of that. We're here to have a good time tonight talking on the Monday Rewind after a huge, huge Cleveland Browns victory on Monday Night Football over the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, real quick before we get started, we are brought to you live here on the OBR Streaming Network. Make sure you are subscribed to the OBR Streaming Network on uh, YouTube or on Twitch, uh, wherever that is. Uh, we we love having you. The OBR streams more content than any of it's the oldest independent Browns site Out there in existence. And we are streaming at least five days a week right now during the season, Monday through Thursday, and then the pregame and the postgame show typically on Sundays. All the best Browns content streaming on the OBR, as well as all the best Browns content written by some of the guys you see on the screen here with me on the OBR's website and the rest of the incredibly talented staff we have at the OBR. So make sure you are tuned in and following everywhere the OBR is. With you tonight. As always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. You can find me online at Garage Piers Mike. And joining me, uh, he is over there. He is, the there's no, he's taking over for the legend. He, he, he was like the the mini legend or the young legend. I don't remember what we called him last time, but he's taking over for the legend. So let's bring him in right now. It's Cody Sook. Cody, I'm, I'm trying to unmute you. It's not letting me see. You got to do it yourself. What's going on, Cody? I did it. I did
1: it. I think we came to Code Dog. <laughs> code, dog. <laughs> code dog is the official is the official name as penned uh by jake i think that was f- officially done uh, at andrew's recommendation yesterday but uh yeah heck of a game yesterday that I, I tweeted about yesterday the most fun i've had watching a browns game since that steelers divisional matchup uh wildcard matchup a couple years ago yeah a uh, game that started out 12 men on the field the defense who were like oh here we go again. Let's, <laughs> let's roll out the carpet and see what kind of mistakes they can make tonight. But then, you know, that was early, it? Sec, early second quarter, they rolled and they never looked back. And uh, first complete win of the first complete game they played all season. I think you saw just how good the
0: team could be uh, when I pr- operated at full capacity. Man, just what a night. Cody, you got you. You're, you're a dad. You're trying to mm-hmm. juggle Halloween and and Brown's Monday Night Football. I was doing the same thing. I don't know about you, Cody. I'm freaking exhausted. I am That's, freaking exhausted. I was sitting there in the first quarter. I was like, man, if this game
1: wasn't on, I would be in bed right now. Yes. I'm tired. But you know, but then they started scoring some points and making some stops and your energy starts building up. All of a sudden you're up till one o'clock, twelve thirty. You know, it, it, you get the, the battery starts recharging a little bit. But yeah, it was a, it was definitely a balancing act, getting trick-or-treat roundup kids are hopped up on the sugar and uh from walking around seeing their friends You gotta get them into bed but uh it all worked out i would do it every monday every sunday if that's what it took to get a win
0: hey listen speaking of trick-or-treating let's also introduce the man that was voted the best adult trick-or-treater in the nation yes yeah, that's in right in the nation official yep. that's official yep. in <laughs> the nation andrew spade what's going on andrew <laughs> Uh, not
2: much, Mike. My costume this year was, um, I, I said this during the pregame yesterday, I dressed up as a Browns fan It wasn't embarrassed to be a Browns fan, and it paid off. So I wore a Browns hat and a Browns pullover yesterday and walked around uh, with my chest and my head held high, and uh, people saw the elf, the elf was seen, and uh, they won a game. So I think, you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, I'm not saying that I deserve as much credit as Nick Chubb, but, you know, I uh Michael Dunn you know or or uh I don't for know sure. uh yeah certainly yeah yeah PFF has got me I have a great for yesterday <laughs> that so
0: he's been he's been graded and and he got yeah. a lot of good candy too yeah a lot yeah. of good candy
2: we got to win Mike and that's the important thing and I I mean I mean personally in terms of how much candy I have in my house and and then professionally in terms of the Browns football game so two wins really
0: Uh, Well, I love it. Uh, So welcome in you guys and welcome in everybody joining us live. Listen, one of the things that makes this show great is you guys joining us live. All you lovely men and women that want to just talk Browns with us here on the Monday slash Tuesday Rewind. Uh, And so make sure you get into the comments, make sure you get your opinions heard. And as I, as we do every week, we're going to just open up 10 minutes right in the middle of the show where you can just make a point or ask a question or just, just be a part of the show. So make sure you are keeping it active in the chat. It is so good to see you, and it is so good to see everybody in a good mood. And why are we all in a good mood, you may ask? (laughs) We're all in a good mood because, once again, after a month of doing these, after one month of doing this show, loss after loss after loss, after going two and five in the first seven weeks of the season, where we only got to talk about wins basically in the first three weeks, and that was it, two of the first three weeks. Uh, the Browns go out last night, Monday night football. I'm telling you guys, everybody last night in my neighborhood was decked out in the Browns gear, handing out candy to all the kids. And everybody was just so reserved about their excitement. Everybody was like, well, we'll just see what happens. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll be in bed by halftime and all that stuff. And then the Cleveland Browns came out and absolutely dominated that game on, on, on both sides of the ball. They took a close game at the half and blew it out in the second half of 32 to 13 victory over the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Guys, it was, I don't know if you guys were talking to your friends, if you guys were talking to other people, but were you getting kind of that same vibe? Like, well, we'll see what happens. Let's, you know, it's, it's so nerve wracking to watch these guys go on national TV, knowing what they've looked like and for them to come out and do what they did. I mean, yeah, Andrew, you talked about it. Puffing out that chest a little bit, a little bit of pride. Like we don't suck as much as everybody might think we do. Uh, just give me your thoughts from this game real quick.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think what Cody said is exactly right. That moment when they came out for the first play of the game and had 12 men on the field, uh, you know, and and we we were all, you know, <clears throat> the the comments were bouncing back and forth in slack of here we go again. And and I was actually at that point, I was walking to a bar looking on my phone, you know, following along. The play-by-play, and um, you just think, well, why am I even doing this? Why am I going to a public place with <laughs> the affiliation of the team that I'm rooting for on on my chest, you know? And and then by the time I got there, you know, they had picked off uh, the pass from Joe Burrow, and and you know, things had started to turn around, even though the offense sputtered at first. But you know, I think I think in a lot of ways that's maybe the thing that gets lost because it ended up so convincing. It was zero zero after the first quarter. And there was a real sense in the the first little bit there that is the offense going to squander a really strong defensive performance again, kind of like how they did in Atlanta, where they're not going to really ever get going. And we're just going to have to kind of sit here and watch both these teams trade missed field goals for for four quarters. So, you know, I I think it it, it feels now like, oh, it was it was it was a walk away from the beginning, but it was touch and go through halftime.
0: Cody, I like this comment from Red Leader uh, 74. Kinda of mad at them for doing so good. <laughs> kind of mad at them. Where Sounds the hell have like you just, been? Yeah, yeah. No, Red, think, which is a, a very intimidating name. The Red yeah. Leader uh, wants to know where the hell they – where's where were that where has that team been? Yep. You know, you think my dad's a Packers fan. A lot of my friends are majority of
1: my friends are Steelers fans, and they've said it all along. It's like my dad sent me email this morning. He's like, they're just a few plays away from six and two or five and three. My Steelers friends are like, man, they're in every game. They just can't. They can't get over that hump. And we saw earlier in the game yesterday, it was those early drives. They had those big plays. DPJ has a big catch. Uh, Chubb has a nice run, and there's a nice catch by Cooper, and they stall. You have a Wills hold that pushes them back. You have a blocked field goal. And just like Andrew was saying, here here we go. The defense is doing their part. Now we can't get a complete game. It's always one side's doing what they're doing. The other side's not doing it. We finally saw the game plan for both those coaches both those coaches and coordinators and Stefanski kudos to woods for the past two weeks for what he's done with that defense Um, credit where credit is due there. And also just execution. Those guys were flying all over the place on defense. You saw some guys really step up in their roles and just, it's, it's nice. It changes everybody's mood. (laughs)
3: Everybody's
1: happier after a Browns win. Uh, You know, so it was, it was great to see that fully come together and they should be sitting at a better record than they are now, but, we can't talk about that. We can talk about where they're going. If the defense gives up 20 points to 24 points a week, they're going to be
0: in or win most games if they're in that situation. Yep. Yeah, it is. it is, It was amazing. And, it, and it's and it been a while. I, like, I'm trying to think. It's been a while since you just had a game with the Browns. You brought up that Pittsburgh game uh, in the playoffs. Yep. Not even that one. It's been a while since with this Browns team, you never. Like, there was just no sense that Cincinnati was ever coming back in this game. I'd say Chicago last year. That might Maybe. be the, that last year, or two years ago. But remember, that was even close. I mean, there was well, so that, much pressure I mean, that on that Justin Fields. Bengals Field,
1: game so in a,
2: Cincinnati last year was was well, kind yeah. yeah, I mean that that's like they, they kind of have been the Bengals
1: a year. number. I feel 4-0 like four against Burroughs, unreal. Yeah.
0: I feel like unreal. I'm so used to the Browns getting out to leads, and then you just desperately hope that they're hanging on the totally. other team going to score points at the end of the game. It's yep. going to get interesting. It's going to get within a two or a one score game. We're all going to be nervous. And that just last night, it just was clear coasting. like, I want to say thank you to the Cleveland Browns. I want to yep. say thank you to the Cleveland Browns for just giving me the most stress-free night of watching football uh, Browns football that you can imagine. There well, was and, no and stress at all. They were great.
2: The, the play that really clinched it was that it was that Brissette bomb to Cooper. Yes. On like third, I think it was third and nine. They threw that pass and, I mean, credit to Jacoby for laying it out there. Even more credit for to Omari for going and getting it. But that when, you know, you heard the stadium erupt after that, and that was the point at which it was like, all right, we got this now, because now yeah. we're we're back in the red zone. We're gonna extend this out even further. But yeah. I think before that, because the Bengals had scored and all of a sudden it's like it's are we gonna do the thing that we do sometimes where we have to watch <laughs> watch all of the onside kicks and you know, are we gonna jets this thing?
3: What and, was the story? Uh, that, you know, at that, that, point. Was, that
2: was the play that kind of Put it out of reach.
0: Yeah.
1: Was it 25 6 at that point? I think that's right. Yeah. I think, yeah. And and then Chubb it in, right? Just just, to secure the the, win. I
2: think I made it
0: 30. Yeah, yeah. But
1: that catch, man, like my jaw like dropped, like literally dropped. I was like, oh my goodness. He caught a great throw,
0: a great catch. Jacoby and Cooper, man,
1: they were, they had one last night. They both did. And I had a bunch last night. Uh, let's the let's <laughs> uh, We're not talking about candy, folks. <laughs> so
0: Cody, you talked about it. Yeah, if you watch the post game show, <laughs> I guess my apologies. Uh, yeah. this <laughs> this team is some blown coverages, some miss field goals, some bad decisions away yeah, from that. being a six and two football team. Really, oh. I mean, like you're not you're not beating the Patriots. That game is was a clear loss. They they yeah. were not one mistake away from beating the Patriots, and. In my opinion, they weren't one mistake away from beating the Atlanta Falcons. Otherwise, they were just a couple mistakes away from beating all the other teams. And so, does this win, what does this win mean for the season? Does it change your outlook from where we were sitting at this time last week after just having lost to the Baltimore Ravens in another close game with another blocked field goal? uh, Does this win over a Cincinnati Bengals team that was really on fire coming into this game Change your outlook for where this team is and where it can go.
1: I think it was it was obviously you must win. You follow two six, it's over. You go you two and six, you go into this gauntlet of three games. No, I'm not, I'm not calling it gauntlet anymore. I'm not gonna call it a gauntlet, but you have you go to two and six, it's a mess. You're 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 gonna lose a little bit of locker room, you're gonna lose some players, uh, maybe not give as much effort as they usually would. But when you when you win that game, but you win that game in the way you did win that game. You saw the players react, how hyped up they were, how, how guys were out there playing balls to the wall every play, the stuff you wanted to see the whole season. Getting to three and five, you had the momentum into a bye, especially going into a bye. We have some guys that need to get healthy, some key guys, Denzel Wars, your Wyatt Tellers, your David Njoku's, your JOK's, four cornerstone players on those team need to get healthy. You had the momentum. Okay, now you have two weeks to prepare for a Miami Dolphins team. who have added some pieces today. It's going to make them even more yeah. difficult to beat. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't think notes necessarily changes my outlook really, uh, but I think it gives you a chance to get to that five and six record that we all thought was reasonable to stay in the race with Watson coming in against Houston after that. So uh, yeah, well there, yeah, well, I think there that's you go exactly though there,
2: right Cody oh
0: go ahead, go ahead. Andrew.
2: oh I mean I I think I think that's the right way to say it though it 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 bought them the chance to keep playing meaningful games because if they lose that game i mean I, I i i get you know i get paid to do it so i'm gonna watch them go to miami but a lot of the folks in the comments can sound off whether or not you would have watched the miami game or if it would have been one of those where you've got one eye on your phone while you're doing work around the house or maybe you put it on the radio and you go do something or you know you start putting up holiday direct decorations because it'll be mid-november by the time they're down there my yeah. point is, you know, it, it was, it was, it, that's what the, what was in the balance and three and five, two and one in the division, you, you can make a convincing case that at nine and eight, they might hold the tiebreakers. Uh, if, if Baltimore struggles down the street, I know the Ravens have an easy schedule, but at nine and eight, I mean, the AFC is weird this year. Now, a lot of the teams that we were talking about being wild card teams are not showing up the Broncos, the Raiders, uh, off the top of my head, the Colts have been terrible. Well, so does nine and eight get you the seventh seed of the wild card? And now you've got Deshaun Watson going on the road to, I mean, uh it would be Kansas city probably, but hell I'll, you know, let's, let's roll the dice, man. I I, I like that scene. I'm into yeah, that. Uh, so. Kansas
0: city wouldn't be uh, with that scenario. If, if the Browns team were able to turn around and yeah. and, and get to a nine and eight record yeah. and make the playoffs, you'd, you'd probably be a little pissed if you were a top seed. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. Yeah. this, this is not as bad of a team as the record indicates at this right. point. Right. right. And again, well, you look at, you're, you're just single plays away. And again, listen, I do want to say this. I don't want to be too optimistic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be boring. <laughs> listen, uh, good teams make good plays. Bad teams make bad plays. Good teams yep. make plays to win games. Bad teams make plays to lose play lose games. Brown have made a lot of plays to lose games. But you would be a little bit ridiculous if, you were, if that was your argument. Well, they just haven't made the plays, so they're bad. They're not bad. They're right there. And they've made mistakes. But if you caught them in the first round of the playoffs with Sean Watson, you probably would be like, oh, that well, sucks. And, and well, you got
2: Anthony Schwartz coming off the bench. He's fully rested oh, at that point. So oh he's you know, he's firing all cylinders. You got Demetric Felton probably getting 20 carries. So it would be a dangerous situation <laughs> at that point for the Chiefs.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
4: to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: Sorry, Cody, go ahead. And and you have to take into account the how much has, has to go so terribly wrong for him to lose those games. You know, I mean, yep. it's on them. It's right. on them completely. But there's yep. been just these miraculous ways of losing games that that got them to that point. Yep. Onside kicks blocked, field goals, phantom penalties, all that stuff to got them to that point. Not nobody to blame it them themselves. But yet, yeah, are yeah. I think a lot of people, unless you're Peter King, realize that the Browns <laughs> are a lot better than the record currently <laughs> shows.
2: Yeah, I'm not Peter King. I don't spend enough money on coffee at Starbucks.
0: Um, <laughs> wait, does that make me Peter King? Am I Peter King? Oh, I might be Peter.
3: Um, <laughs> I,
2: I and I do want to say to your point, Cody, I posted this in Slack today. I looked at football outsiders today. The Browns are back to a top 10 team according to DVOA, which is one of the metrics that's the most predictive for future performance, uh, season over season. And they have their estimated wins at four and a half. So if we're sitting here, I know they're three and five, and your record is your record. I'm not playing this game, but. If they're four and four or five and three, we're talking about like, oh, we got this, man. We're got we're we're going to have seven right. wins. When we would be cocky, we would be cocky at this point. And so, um, I I think that they they are very much right on the cusp, but you can't take any of this for granted. I think to your point, Mike, of not being overly optimistic. They can't do this once and then just kind of roll out the football in in Miami and get a win. That's a tough game, and then they've got Buffalo. And then they've got Tampa Bay. They will earn any of the next three wins that they oh,
1: get
0: yeah. over the next three games.
1: And they could very them. well, I mean, they could very well lose all three. Absolutely. Not
0: a, not outside the realm yeah. of possibility. Well, they can play well. So I don't, I said, I don't want to be too three. optimistic, but we no. don't need to be going in the <laughs> toilet talking about losing <laughs> the next three games. We can go to the other side of that too. Uh, let's let's move on. I want to start by talking a little bit about the offense. And so before we talk about the offense, let's hear from the head man, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Oh,
3: established the run, made that more of a priority. Was that coincidence or was that at all because of that play? You know, it, was, it, it honestly becomes a rhythm of the game at times. Uh, specifically to that point, there were some things that we wanted to get going in the run game, um, obviously wanted to get Nick going. And I think we did. And and when you start hitting some of those plays, you stay on the field. And I think it, it, a lot of times when you, if you throw an interception or you, or you don't convert on third down, you, it's hard to get in a rhythm and, and get into those plays where your guys are touching the ball.
0: So let's talk about this. Uh, a lot of people, listen, we've been hearing about it. The Browns are 3-0 when Nick Chubb runs the ball 20 or more times in a game. Uh, the Browns ran the ball 23 times with Nick Chubb yesterday. Uh, a lot of people are saying, see, see, see what happens? Was there a noticeable difference in calls? Or do we step back and say, hey, when you're winning 32-13 to 13 or whatever the score is, 25-6 to six or whatever, you're going to run the ball more. And that's... That is what that is. I mean, like, I don't know. Did you did you guys notice? I guess we'll go to the question. Did you notice a notable shift in the way that the plays were being called and the game was called by the offense, or do you just take what Kevin Stefanski said there and just say this was the this was the kind of the mode of the game? Execution,
1: rhythm, success. It's all. It's all it is. If the, the game plan. I mean, there's different wrinkles every single matchup, but they executed the play. The blocking and the play in the trenches was phenomenal. Dick mm-hmm. Chubb was phenomenal as as, as always. They're finding success with the run game. They weren't forcing the run game. They print here's seven offensive linemen, you know what we're gonna do, or we're gonna beat your ass doing it. And that's what they did. So I mean, it was that's that, that's what it was from my perspective. And and it's the it's okay. You ran the ball 23 times, yeah, but you're up by 19 points. You're up by 25 points, you're up by these big points. You're gonna run the ball, try to run the clock out, okay? If if you're down 15, if you're down 18, <laughs> you're not gonna run the ball. It's correlation and causation. It's not easy. It's not difficult to
0: understand. Okay. So Andrew, I want you to play uh devil's advocate here for a minute, because here at the OBR, we do have and a bunch of incredibly smart people. Uh, not, unlike myself. Uh, and I think it drives a lot of these guys, especially some of the numbers guys crazy when people are bringing up, well, if they run the ball 20 times with Nick job, they're three, and zero, and blah, blah, blah. But, the fact of the matter is that is that's a thing. Uh and you I don't know, you can just I want you to play devil's advocate and say, "Yeah, but even in the games you're losing, you can you got to run the ball more uh, because it results in success." How can you okay. make that argument?
2: Uh no, I reject that assignment, Mike. Okay. All right, fair. Um, (laughs) here's what, here's what I will say about it. And I, and I think, you know, Jake makes this point a lot in, in pregame and on his podcast. And I think it's a great point. Um, you know, when you're a a fan of a specific team, sometimes, you know, you're so emotionally invested in your own team that it's hard to watch what the other teams are doing. And, um, you know, when they play Monday night, you've got a chance to watch some Sunday football without kind of being distracted by, you know the the emotional roller coaster that is a Browns game. And so um one of the games that I watched on Sunday was the uh, the Titans playing the Texans. Um, and that is a situation where the Titans had to play Malik Willis because Ryan Tanhill was sick and and they Malik Willis is not ready to be an NFL quarterback. So they won a game in which they threw one pass in the second half, right. Uh, they he, he attempted eleven passes total. Uh, when he threw 11, there were probably more dropbacks. I'm sure he scrambled a fair amount. I didn't watch every snap. My point is, uh, Derrick Henry had 32 carries. That is the sort of leaning on the run game, the sort of run at all costs approach that some people in Cleveland want. But I want to reference a, a, a point that uh, Jordan Zerm, who is a frequent guest of uh, Jake's on his podcast and, and a friend of the OBR said uh, on Twitter today, the Browns' three biggest defensive plays uh, by EPA in their game last night, uh, Brissette to Cooper for 53 yards. That's 4.4 expected points added. So that's like better than a field goal. That completion alone is better than right. a field goal Brissette to DPJ for 26 yards. That was a third down play as well. And Brissette to Cooper for 29 yards. Those were both 2.7 EPA or thereabouts. So all, all together with you, you add those three up and you're, and you're talking about almost, you know, nine to 10 points of expected points added and no rush other than one where you take it to the house is going to give you that much, uh, in terms of expected points added. So as much as we want to talk about the run, the Bengals lost, uh, Eli Apple was out for this game. He's one of their starting cornerbacks, uh, Wouzier left in the game, uh, with a torn ACL. He's their other starting cornerback. They were starting, they had two backups on the field. And, um, when that happens, that's, <laughs> that's the NFL gods giving you a gift, Right.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, the Browns
2: have not had a lot of those this year. The and the Bengals give the, gave them a few. Evan McPherson missing a field goal, missing an extra point, the turnover luck that they finally started to see reverse last night with the tipped ball landing in somebody's hands.
0: Oh, These are
2: the gifts beautiful. that the Browns haven't been having. And 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 you're if Amari Cooper is one on one with uh, the the guy whose name I can't even remember now, but he's he's very tall and slow as hell. <laughs> um, the place cornerback for the, for the, uh, the Bengals. If if you're going to get one on flowers, if you're going to get one-on-one on one coverage with Cooper and flowers, you're going to throw him that ball because he's going to be wide open.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, to the next topic. I, I, I want to give a lot of love to the offensive line for yesterday's game. And for the way Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and, and, and Bill Callahan use them in lieu of tight ends, we were all kind of concerned. The tight ends had disappeared from the Browns, basically. Uh, and there was a lot of concern about how are the Browns going to replace or approach going into this game without guys like David Njoku? How are they going to do that? And the answer was, A, the play of the offensive line just throughout the entire game was phenomenal. But, man, those some of those packages that they threw out there – with multiple offensive linemen, uh, meaning extra offensive linemen, six offensive linemen, seven offensive linemen. On that touchdown run, you had eight offensive linemen in the game. Uh, they went into just a bag of tricks with the offensive line. And if I feel nerdy getting excited about it. But a, a, an offensive line bag of tricks that, I, I mean, th- those guys up front were absolutely phenomenal in this game yesterday.
1: Yeah, you, you, they dominated in the trenches even without – with Coughlin coming out at some point, he's injured. Wyatt Teller's out. You know, Ethan Pochick yesterday posted the highest single-game grade, single game grade for a center this season at 94.0. That guy's been on a tear. And what they did with, with yesterday was that, you know, Jacoby had 2.91 seconds average time from the snap to throw yesterday up to seventh most – seventh longest among all quarterbacks this week. And he was only pressured on 28% of his drop back. So – just a phenomenal job overall uh facing that blitz, facing uh, that Bengals defense and, and kudos to Callahan, kudos to the whole group. Just like you were saying, what they can do with, you know, three of the five starters in there at one point during the game and bringing in those extra guys and James Hudson, James Hudson, knocking the piss out of somebody uh, in motion. The it, look in at motion. Dr.
0: Nico said it in,
1: you put James Hudson in motion. in motion. I think Drew Forbes was a fullback at one point he was. on one yeah. play yesterday as well. Yeah. So just love seeing all that. Kudos to those guys for how well they did and, and keeping Jacoby yeah. um clean on 72% of his drop back. So, you know, great performance overall. Yeah. Listen, think, no, think- no,
0: no, no offense to to uh, Stanton, but uh, we're gonna come up with nicknames like the Danish Demolisher. Yeah, that's- the Danish Demolisher. <laughs> that's very good. Well, we well, thought it works we on two levels, right?
2: Because he's from Denmark, but he also probably likes the Danish
0: you know what i will have to ask them that i, I like Danish. That, i think that's unfair to yeah. assume that i think that's, oh really you, you don't They're know delicious, Mike. I don't have, delicious i like a danish with a nice They're cup delicious. of coffee i don't want to rumors i don't want to be starting rumors i'm just reckless saying he's a young man everybody. with a healthy
2: appetite that's all reckless
1: speculation
2: you're right maybe he, yeah he might be off carbs you're right i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> let me you know what
0: <laughs> let me apologize
1: <laughs> Was no. just
0: strictly, beans.
3: Mm-hmm. strictly <laughs> beans on the
0: frijoles diet uh One of the guys that I want to bring up is Jedrick Wills because uh, he did have that tough penalty early. But when you look at like the PFF grades from this game, it's mostly all offensive line at the top of that grade sheet. And Jedrick Wills graded out really well in this game. Uh, He seems to be a guy that is always going to be the object or the subject of one penalty that just seems terrible every game. That feels like Jedrick Wills. But a lot of times when you watch that guy, he played a pretty damn good game.
1: Yeah, I I think it's just inconsistency. You know, I think a lot of people see where he was drafted. You know, he's number 10 overall pick. They say, well, he's going to be Joe Thomas. He's our Joe Thomas. I mean, there's not many offensive linemen um, in the past decade that are on the level of a Joe Thomas type guy. But will is the thing with me is inconsistency. He had a good game yesterday. Yeah, he had the penalty, the 10-yarder the kind of just depleted that whole drive. That was over after that. Um, but it's just want the effort on every play. You want the consistency and performance week in and week out. But yeah, definitely could have. He deserves the credit. Probably played yesterday. Uh, just a little bit more. But I will say he did bounce back after a dreadful performance last week. So that's a good thing to see as well.
2: Yeah, you know, I th- I think I mean with Wills, it, 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 I I hate to say this again, but it's it, a lot of it is context, right? Like playing left tackle in the NFL is really hard, you know, yeah. uh, and and teams like the Ravens go out of their way to kind of to make life miserable for a guy like Jed Wills. And so, you know, I don't. There's not many. Uh, to Cody's point, they are not. Joe Thomas is sort of one of one. There are not many left tackles. You know, Trent Williams is another one right now. There's not many others that can go out there every week. And just, you know, kind of, you can just forget about that side of your line and protection. There, there's there's truly one or two in a decade. And uh, Jed Wills is not that guy. He's a guy that can be beat, but he's also, for the most part, a very good player that you can absolutely count on to anchor your line. And um, I, I, you know, I think it, it will be interesting to see how the Browns handle his contract because he's not at the top, you know, he's not a top five tackle, but he is a good tackle. And so how do you how do you handle the finances of that? It's a little bit like the Baker Mayfield situation.
0: That's a, it's the most frustrating, you know, we're going to get to our next topic here in a second, but that's one of the most frustrating things in all of sports to me is you've got elite players that get paid like elite players mm. and then you've got the other guys, the the lower tier players that sure. accept contracts for lower tier players. But it's very frustrating in sports that like good players want elite player money. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like there's no middle ground there. There's good player contracts. There's bad player contracts, or I'm sorry, there's elite player contracts, bad player contracts, or lower tier level player contracts. And then there's the good players that want the elite money. So that's interesting because you would think they would just be able to present Jedrick Wills with here's your value. Here's where you're at. And this is the contract value that we'll give you. But man, that just never seems to be the way it goes. Yeah. Well,
2: and, and I, th- I just one more thing on this quick. I, I think this is one of the areas where it's going to be very, very interesting the last six games of the season to see Watson with this offensive line versus Brissette because Brissette is not that mobile, and he definitely um, – there are pressure packages that make him kind of turtle up a little bit, and that's not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wants to stick his head in there, and he he will absolutely take a shot uh, on a blitz to, to complete a pass. And so yeah. um, what this offensive line looks like – You know, is Jed Wills good enough if you have a bad quarterback that's susceptible to pressure? Maybe not. Is he good enough for Deshaun Watson? Probably.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, so let's talk about that. Offensive line was dominant, uh, pushing people around in the running game, James Hudson going in motion and just cracking somebody. But they also gave Jacoby Brissett a whole bunch of time to throw. Let's hear from the Browns quarterback.
3: By that double team on that 53-yarder. Because it was Amari. Uh, It was... Dobbs came back to the sideline. When I came back over, he was like, it was one of those Amaris down there somewhere, you know, and, uh, and I saw him slow down and I was like, no, I'm throwing it, you know, and um, it was third down. And we know that, hey, in and in the kick, but I tried to throw it out further enough that if he didn't get it, nobody got it. And uh, he obviously made a great play uh, and, and going to chase it down. And I honestly think that receiver room really helped each other out a lot, uh, you know, coming to the, to the sideline and, and, uh. Being uh, very transparent of what we were getting out there, what type of defense they were playing to us, and and um, I think everybody touched the ball tonight, and um, uh, I think those guys did a really good job. Obviously, Amari kind of is our tone setter as far as in that room, but I mean, Donovan made a break a great catch on the first drive that we we uh, we went. Uh, so he, he I, obviously Amari played really well, uh, but definitely proud of that room. Now he's proud he's of that so likable, man. I know he's great so likable
2: i mean yeah what a great guy and what a great camo pullover
0: i know that's i love that comment from superfly rob i can't even see him in that sweater <laughs> that
2: that is, I, camo I, cardigan maybe I, I, I really like that. that that's great
0: camo cardigan at og philly once to know is there anybody that doesn't love jacoby at this point
3: uh
2: yeah.
0: cincinnati probably doesn't love, philly well, or doesn't love <laughs> jacoby all that much cincinnati Yeah, i thought doesn't.
2: our colleague anthony reinhardt made a great point in slack today like it's, it's almost a shame that Jacoby can't be the starter long-term, you know? I mean, obviously that's not the trade the Browns made and they've committed to Deshaun Watson and he's going to be the quarterback, but Jacoby is, I, I don't know, when's the last time the Browns had a quarterback this likable? Maybe all the way back to Tim Couch, perhaps?
3: Yeah.
0: That, yeah, I mean Johnny Manziel, like, maybe.
1: Yeah. Josh
2: McCown, I think Go Josh eggs. McCown was a very oh sure very yeah like McCown one. yeah yeah, yeah. I like knew I was going to forget somebody yeah Jake Delhomme I mean Charlie Charlie Fry was a hell of a, a hell of a dude you know
0: uh, there's something about that trash stash that just uh, got me <laughs> yeah. Uh so let's talk about Jacoby Brissett because as the Browns' offense was humming Jacoby Brissett cruised along to the tune of 17 of 22, just five incompletions on the game, 278 yards, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And we're not just talking about, we're not just talking about dink and dunk plays for Jacoby Brissett. We're not just talking about kind of game manager type plays for Jacoby Brissett in this game. He talked about that long pass uh, to Amari Cooper that basically sealed the game that we talked about earlier. He made some incredible throws in this one, he made one bonehead mistake, which, holy hell, that was ridiculous. But uh, but he came out and played an absolute whale of game. I think to call this dude like a game manager in the stead of Deshaun Watson is a bit of an injustice at this point, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had the highest completion
1: percentage over expectation of any single game this year for any quarterback. Uh, so remarkable there. He has the highest next-gen stats passing score of any quarterback at any game this year. Another great stat. And like you said, his um, he was ninth highest in average attended air yard yesterday for the week. So he's pushing the ball downfield, something I did not see coming from this offense with him at the helm. I talked about it a lot in the preseason early on that it was going to be more of a slant pattern, screens, his little dink and dunk games, but that is nowhere near what they're doing right now. And kudos to Kobe for what he's done. I hope I hope he makes some money for himself this off season based upon mm-hmm. this performance. I know this mm-hmm. is a pretty... Uh, not even friendly situation, but it's a good offense to be in with the, with the guys that you have supporting your cast. But I mean, the supporting cast that you have, but I could see him hopefully getting another shot somewhere next season. He deserves it based upon what he's done. And uh, yeah, kudos to him. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah.
2: no, I I echo that. I mean, I I think he's obviously a hell of a guy and uh, I think he's a better quarterback than, you know, the NFL has given him credit for. He's been in a lot of tough uh, situations in his career uh, where he's gotten very little prep and had to start uh, NFL games again and again. I mean, that's the life of a backup. Um, but yeah, Jacoby deserves a ton of credit. And I also think that, uh, you know, the the front office deserves a ton of credit because I mean uh, you know, I said it, I think after the Pittsburgh game and I was maybe a little optimistic and I didn't see the four lo- losses in a row coming, but um, you know, they got rid of Baker Mayfield at a time when, you know, not everybody was on board with that. Maybe, not even a majority of the fan base was on board with that that's a that's a bold move that they made yeah um and and walking away from him uh you know uh and 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 bringing in you know uh jacoby and then obviously the watson move or you know vice versa um you know that that that's a vision to see that the, the the position needs more than what it's getting in a leadership capacity and in a play capacity and and having the vision to understand what those players will look like in the offense—that's not easy. I mean, look at what has happened with the Colts and Matt Ryan. You know, when 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 we were in March, right. I think the majority of the folks that, that work for the OBR were in, were were talking about, oh man, if I, I yeah, well, I would much rather have had Matt Ryan for cheaper and and saved save the trouble of all the Watson, you know, all of this stuff. Right now, you'd rather have Jacoby Brissett than Matt Ryan.
4: Uh, Russell Wilson Watson. and the Broncos. I was just exactly. gonna say Matt Ryan.
0: Right. I was gonna say Matt Ryan over Baker. I, I didn't I never said I would want Matt Ryan. This over Baker, Sunwater. this Baker
1: bro is a little quiet right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: You back up back Baker?
2: backing up PJ Walker in Carolina, coach. Back up Baker. Uh, back up and, he's, and he's accept, he accepts it
0: because he has a choice. Uh, <laughs> our next segment. We're gonna spend the next few minutes just talking about we're gonna take all, your questions. If you've got questions, if you've got a topic. I've already seen a couple come through, but get in the comments. If you want to talk about something, let's do it over the next 10 minutes. Um, but I want to stick with the quarterback topic. Any chance you could see from Fumble 13, any chance you could see the Browns re-signing Jacoby Brissett next year instead of a guy like Kellen Mond uh, because of the respect that he has with this team?
3: No.
1: No, I think the cost would be too high for a backup. Uh, I think it'd be beyond what they're all gonna go pay. They're going to go cheap. I mean, Real cheap. could be Josh Dobbs. Very well, it could, could, could be Josh Dobbs um, as the backup. We'll see how it goes, yeah. but... I don't see a likely scenario in that something astronomical happens with Watson um, legally or on the field or whatever. Right. That's the only way I could see um could be coming back.
2: Yeah, yeah, it would, it would take a sort of catastrophe uh, with Watson that uh, is, uh, you know, I mean, maybe not unthinkable because, <laughs> but yeah, uh, let, let's not even go down that road.
0: Nope, let's not. Uh, all right, so today, obviously, the uh, NFL trade deadline, the Cleveland Browns stay pat lots of moves though we'll talk about the moves Mm -hmm. a little bit but lots of moves happened it went through about a two-hour stretch there where it was just every about 10 minutes there was something going on Miami Dolphins went crazy uh Mm -hmm. today just just some some weird moves you had the Chicago Bears selling and buying at the same time the Steelers kind of did the same thing but question from Dr. Nico happened way earlier in the show was was Deion Jones like the trade deadline move for maybe uh he says we chalked it up to a desperation move, but was this like the hey, we're gonna just do this before the trade deadline kind of deal?
1: I think Stefanski has said that trade was in the works for a while beforehand. I we when we saw it, we're like, oh, that's weird timing, you know, as bad as the linebacker group has been, as bad as Phillips have been performing, you know, it just it was just the timing, I think, of him coming off IR in the trade happening at the same time. as related to the trade deadline, I know we saw some reports that the browser trying to to trade Kareem Hunt for the, maybe the nine, maybe the Rams or the Eagles didn't work out. They might value him a little bit higher than other teams do. Uh, but, I mean, its I think it was going to be a long shot for them to make any kind of splash move at this deadline based upon buying-wise. I would have liked to maybe seen some buying, but it's tough with those guys that you want them to buy. They probably have an expiring contract or they have a really high-dollar-value contract that maybe they aren't willing to take on right now. And selling wise, I could have seen a little bit more selling, maybe at like a greedy or a Kareem or a Dearness. But I mean if the market's not there, you can't force it. Um so I mean I'm not upset at all that no made, no moves are made today. I think we were all pretty much thought that they were, no move was going to be made. Um so yeah, I think that's relatively reasonable to say that, that was that was the move for maybe Yeah.
2: I mean I, I and I would say that I think it continues to be, you know, a little bit of a point of criticism for the front office. Uh, from time to time that they will sometimes sit on their hands. Um, you know, we've heard, you know, uh, Queste Adolfo Mensa when he was hired in Minnesota talked about how, you know, Andrew Barry was always, you know, thinking about these outlandish trade scenarios. And and I, I give the front office credit. I mean, the Amari Cooper trade was a stroke of strategic genius getting ahead mm-hmm. of the wide receiver market. Uh, I already gave them credit for fixing the quarterback situation or, you know, fixing it. I mean, we're not there yet, but um, but I do think they have shown an unwillingness and maybe it's in part due to the coaching staff. I mean, when they traded for Ronnie Harrison in 2020, he didn't see the the field until week five. So maybe the coaching staff is saying, if you trade for Matt Ioannidis, for example, from the Panthers, he's not going to play for us until week 12. So what's the point? And and that might be the case. So I don't necessarily want to put it all in the front office, but I, I think that there are pretty like cheap solutions to a few of the problems that the Browns still have. I mean, uh, they they got away with having the worst interior defensive line in the in the league last night because the Bengals can't run the ball for the most part. But that's going to show up again, and and, and teams are going to gash them up. It's not that's not the last time this year that we've seen them give up a thirty yard run on third and eleven. That like it's going to happen again.
0: Guys, I do want to while we're while we're just kind of talking about the trade deadline, let's go through some of the moves that got made today. Uh, I think the biggest move that will be talked about, in my opinion. The one that we'll be talking about is kind of the big move of the day. The Miami Dolphins acquire Bradley Chubb uh, from the the Denver Broncos. Uh, Bradley Chubb, a really, really good. If he's not an elite-level edge rusher, he's close uh, to an elite-level edge rusher. He goes to the Miami Dolphins. But I also think the other move that they made in acquiring Jeff Wilson from the San Francisco 49ers, a guy that's averaging like 5.7 yards a carry or something like that, I think that's going to fly under the radar. But I think that is going to be a huge move for that offense. What do you guys think about what the Dolphins did today?
1: Yeah, I think they were the winners of today. And if you look back to what they did, somebody did a screen sh- uh, uh, graphic on Twitter earlier. What they did with those with Trey Lance trade mm-hmm. picks yes. has been unbelievable. Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and, and Bradley Chubb yep, is what yep. they turned those into. Trey is non-existent San Francisco. He's, He's, a question question. Mark. He's a huge question mark right huge. now. A guy that has yep. some very desirable traits. But I mean what they've done with those those picks mm-hmm. is just ridiculous and almost unheard of for a team to do that well with those picks. I think they're the winners from the day. Uh just in time to play Cleveland. You no, know,
0: you I love yeah,
1: thanks. It's, it's really you great. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but they traded out a very inefficient running back in Chase Edmonds. For right. a very efficient running back in Jeff Wilson. I think he's one the uh, top 10 or 12 in rushing yards ever expected per attempt right now. So efficient guy. Granted it's the 49ers, they run an incredibly efficient offense. Uh, but that that was
0: just great moves uh by the Dolphins today. There were a couple moves I didn't see come. I did not see Detroit trading away TJ Hawkinson. Like yeah, that, that sure. I got that notification. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. uh Detroit in in division. Yeah. Trades TJ Hawkinson to a team that is notorious for getting the most out of tight ends uh and I know Kevin Stepanski was there for a large part of it but the Minnesota Vikings. TJ Hawkinson goes up to Minnesota. Minnesota Andrew that like, that's that's a good Minnesota team and they just added a weapon at a position that they're pretty good at using up there.
2: Yeah. And and it's and it's that they also pulled that trick on you know there's <laughs> I think maybe a dozen teams in the league that don't understand about how uh, pick swaps work still somehow. And so, you know, the, 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 the Vikings didn't give up any picks. They moved down twice, but they didn't actually, they have the same number of draft picks as before the trade. And anytime you can do that, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, it actually, you know, this point ties together the TJ Hawkinson conversation with what Miami did draft picks are a coin flip, like Correct. statistically, mathematically it has been proven they are a coin flip so you have a 50 50 chance of getting a player that will be with your team for four years or a player that will wash out of the league and so i understand that like there's a there's value in their contracts because they're cheaper but it's the same thing with what you said about miami trading their three first round picks they drafted one guy and then they traded two of those first round picks for proven players that are no longer coin flips bradley chubb there's no question mark about bradley chubb he is right. a player he's a dude Tyreek Hill is one of the best wide receivers in the league. So if you can turn a draft pick, which is a coin flip, into a sure thing or as close to a sure thing as you can get in the NFL, that's a good play. And that's exactly what the Vikings did. And they didn't even lose any draft picks in the process. So a a great trade by them. And again, like, I don't want to harp on this too much, but the sort of trade that I, you know... (laughs) If you can, if you can make that trade as the Browns turn a second-round pick into a fourth-round pick, do you make that trade to get a difference-making tight end, for example? I, not that they need that player, but
0: you know what I no, mean. No, yeah, yeah, it's no, a Rams model. We'll, it's we'll the it's a Rams right.
1: model of doing things. We right. have these draft picks. If I can trade that draft pick, okay. Andrew's points: cost control of contracts, uh, expensive quarterbacks, building building with young players around your team. Absolutely. But if you're going all in on yep. a season like the Dolphins should be doing, right. like the Rams did. And you could trade these picks for extremely good, extremely proven guys.
0: You do well, it. And listen, we're we're at a point now where people are like, "Yeah, look at where the Rams have put themselves. They won the Super Bowl. They, who yep. cares? Fish you won the confidence. Super Bowl." I, guys, put the, yeah. hang the for, banner for the Browns. For the Browns, yes. if they traded away everything to yes. give us one Super Bowl, I don't give yep. a sh- stuff. If they are yep. terrible <laughs> for the next yep. ten years, I don't yep. care. Yep. Yep. You get that one Super Bowl, I will take that. Oh, Fumble 13, what a great comment. I <laughs> know, I just if loud, blurrier it. Or, if, or if Fumble 13's <laughs> getting drunker. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, after it the show tonight, you get both. a one-hour break. After the show, you get a one-hour break, and then we're right back at it with Garage Beers. You're getting a whole night with me. You're getting a whole night with me. Uh, yeah. So make sure you stay tuned and uh, keep the drinks and going. And we're just going to
2: stay and drink in between the shows, right, Mike? I am. We're just going to stay in the, in, the, in the stream can.
0: and just drink. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, real cool. quick, before we get to our next topics, a uh, uh, couple other trades that caught people's eyes. Obviously, Calvin Ridley uh, being moved. Great trade. Uh, yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley going to Jacksonville. Uh, the day before yesterday, you had the Roquan Smith trade uh, from mm-hmm. Chicago. Then today, you have Chicago picking up Chase Claypool Bad uh, from, from Pittsburgh. So yeah, there was a lot of stuff that went down. Uh, what was uh, uh, aside from the ones that we've talked about, what were the trades that kind of caught your eye? What were the what's your favorite trade that went down today?
1: I I mean, you talked about the Hawkins trade. I really like that uh, today. I mean, I'm, I got to mention the one you talked about because it's the Claypool trade. It's just mm-hmm. for the Steelers to get a high, a very high potentially second-round pick for Claypool. You're talking the Steelers could have three top forty three yep. top fifty picks And this year's definitely on team that needs it's in rebuilding mode but still has some very good key pieces with Deontay and Pickens and Minka and Watt. Um Naj Harris, yep. he's a decent yep. player, you know, they could turn that around pretty quickly if you hit on all three of those picks. Uh so I think that was a great trade we'll see with the William Jackson thing. He's had some health problems. He's got a pretty darn big cap hit next season. Uh so we'll see what happens there. But they paid pennies for him. So it it it's it's fine uh but yeah, the Steelers Steelers and the Dolphins are the two teams that stood out to me today I do like that Ridley trade because he's a pretty good football player and Jacksonville's just swinging their bats right they're why out not, there why not swinging take a as chance as hard as they can take a chance on these guys keep hitting these receivers keep building for it but uh yeah,
0: you know, Cooper for a 5th well that's yeah it's, it's it was robbery it's contract thing but yeah it, it was robbery for sure anything any other ones stand out to you Andrew uh,
2: well, you know, they squeezed it in right before the deadline, but the Bills picking up Naheem Hines is one of those that like, it's not, you know, sexy or whatever, but I think that will be a difference making player for them this year. And um, that's what matters, right? These trades, uh, you know, for some of these teams, like this is the difference between winning and losing. I mean, it's, it's the Von Miller trade from last year. The Rams are not winning that Super Bowl that you talked about, Mike, without making that trade. Correct. Uh, and, and so um, this is the Naheem Hines trade. I don't know, he's not as impactful as Von Miller, certainly, but it's the same sort of idea of like we have a pretty glaring weakness, and that's a that's a pretty good player to plug into that spot.
1: I mean, he can uh, catch right. the ball in the backfield, he can return kicks, he can turn punts. Yep. He's yeah, versatility, he's, absolutely. There's very mm-hmm. smart organization.
0: Let's go back to the Cleveland Browns. Let's go back to the Cleveland Browns, and let's uh, let's talk a little defense. Let's go back and let's hear from our head coach, Kevin Stefanski, once again.
3: Kevin, do you feel like you guys have turned the corner defensively? We played great football tonight, great defense tonight. Russian coverage was, was really good, um, but we just got to keep stacking them. Uh, we just got to, you know, like anything, offense, defense, special teams, we got to give these guys a plan. They can go execute, execute a high level, play fast, those type of things. I thought that was on display tonight. What, what was the key to getting so much pressure on Bird? Yeah, I think a a nice game plan by Joe and the staff. I thought some of the things that they did really tested their protections and tested some of their uh, uh, line movement, if you will. And then, uh, you know, again, individual effort. Miles was very good.
0: Dreamy Kevin Stefanski there. Uh, Guys, defensively the second game in a row now. Again, uh, I think defense played much better against Baltimore last week. Uh really held Lamar Jackson in check. You held Mark Andrews to nothing. And then this week they come out and absolutely dominate a team. Again, remember this Bengals team. Uh Joe Burrow had like what 350 yards before halftime last week in their game against like two possessions.
1: Somehow he had 350 yards and two possessions. I don't know.
0: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> correct. They well, they extended the field. They were I think it was Canadian football. Yeah, it uh was. very yeah. it was very Canadian. Uh uh, so guys, just talk about this defense a little bit. Uh, What do you think uh, the biggest reason behind this defense kind of finding its groove after just a hideous start to the year? What's the biggest reason?
1: It's odd, right? So weeks one through six, they're 31st in EPA per play. One of the worst defenses in football. Week seven and eight, they're now sixth. Over those two weeks, two weeks span, they're sixth in EPA per play. And what makes it even more odd, you played two offenses that are a hell of a lot better than any of those first six teams you pay the Jets, the Falcons, uh, the Panthers, the Steelers, Steelers. all those teams that don't really have um, offenses that are anything to write home about. And now you come into the thing uh, Jake talks about in film room, I'm sure we'll cover it, but with the defensive line, you know, those first six weeks what you saw was just four-man pass rush. You do your thing, Miles, you do your thing, you guys figured out, the other three of you. Now they're running stunts, they're blitzing at a higher rate, uh, and getting pressures on these quarterbacks. So, I you don't know if it's just one of those things. It takes six, seven, eight weeks for for, for Joey Woods to figure it out, and then and, it's, and then they just go for it, or it's, or it's a two week anomaly. I don't want to I don't want to say that Woods has got it figured out right now because of a two game sample size. I want to see that over four or five six games. But these two games have been very encouraging. And like we said earlier, you give up twenty points, you should be
0: winning or at least down to the wire every single game you ran with the way the offense is playing. Andrew, yes, Mike. Manimal, manimal makes a comment here. Just like last year, it took half a season to gel. Yep. But unlike last year, these guys were here this year and in the yep. offseason and they had yes. played a year together. So this to me, that's not acceptable.
3: Yes.
0: And if, if that's correct. the case, if this team is gelling right now, and, mm-hmm. and that's great, that's that means good prospects for the Browns moving forward right. for the rest of the year. So I'm not not excited about that. Right. But that's not acceptable, right? You can't you can't you can't have a team that played together last year take a half a season to gel this year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's it's like uh you've got a kid that uh, you're trying to wean off of diapers and he goes to the bathroom but it's not in his pants but it's somewhere else in the house it's like well i appreciate that you didn't piss your pants but maybe next time let's try and find the toilet that's are basically you talking about are
0: you talking about a kid that was me last night <laughs> <laughs> right after the post game show guys exactly, private
1: right, yeah. conversations right. yeah sorry andrew no 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 I I mean I
2: look I think part of this what this show is about is bringing you know kind of what we have personally and as a group into the pu- public eye and and you know Mike
0: why is that Mike always is about in, me why is that Mike always about Okay. incontinence so I mean, well because you're
2: the one that's pissing your pants Mike that's why it's I do
0: about not you have incontinence <laughs> <pants> issues we <laughs> have faith in you There's anything wrong if you do You're yeah. going to get
1: there we're going to start the reward system where you get a toy when you use the potty and and we're right. going to be all right Cody knows
2: how to do it uh yeah, listen finish. um
0: <laughs> he is potty trained I no, I think
2: you're exactly right, Mike. There's, there's it's, yeah, no, it's like, okay, great. Thank you for figuring out how to play defense in week eight. Uh, This, this team is six and two. If you had this shit figured out by week one, you know? And so uh, do, do, do the Browns fall for this? And, you know, does the front office sit there in the off season and say, well, we got to nine and eight and we made the playoffs and you know whatever we made some noise and the defense looked good but we know the first what happened the first part of the year and 2023 is their year i mean we we had the conversation earlier about teams going all in 2023 is the year for the browns to do that because everybody pretty much is back next year that that matters so they're they're going to try and win a super bowl next year and you can't really give away the first six, eight games of the year because you don't know how to play defense because Joe Woods forgets how to coach it again. So, um, they still need to replace the defensive coordinator
0: in the off season. Real quick, before we get to my last topic of the night, uh, lots of guys made contributions, right? Uh, it wasn't just Garrett and Clowney getting to the quarterback. Taki Taki had a sack. Deion Jones had a sack. Isaiah Thomas had a sack. Lots of guys made contributions. Um, we're we're seeing Tysocks made this comment. Uh the loss of Walker really uprooted the defense. Yeah. Do you do you feel like that's the case? Do you feel like, man, the loss of that guy, one guy out there really uprooted what they were trying to do? And then all of a sudden you now have some guys stepping up. Andrew, you're shaking no, your head.
2: I'm shaking my head vociferously. Because what, what's happening, and Cody said yourself. it already. Do
0: not hurt yourself.
2: <laughs> Cody said it already. Yeah. They've they're changing the scheme. Like, let's not pretend, let's not try and like figure this out. Let's not come up with like arcane explanations for what's going on here. They're they're changing how they play defense. And Joe Woods is finally changing how he plays defense so much so that like, I think Jake and Slack today suggested perhaps that Kevin's getting more involved with the defense because like they're, they're doing more stuff with disguising their fronts. They're, they're varying their, their pressure packages in a way that they have not since Joe Woods has been the defensive coordinator. So I absolutely, uh, I mean, I, I appreciate that question because I do think, that the loss of Anthony Walker didn't help. And I'm not saying it wasn't a factor, but the main thing that they're doing wrong in the beginning of these the last year and this year is that they're playing predictable coverages behind predictable rush packages. And offenses yeah. in the NFL are too smart to not figure that out.
1: It's like, oh, you're gonna sit and cover three and give us a four million pass rush every right. time. Yeah, we got you I know, we the know the exactly what you're gonna do, we're exactly. gonna attack it. So Mine. you're playing soft, it playing soft. Is one of my biggest pet peeves for any defense across any level of football. I can't I can't I can't stand it when you're playing when they're playing soft coverages, not yep. blitzing, not disguising coverages, not simulating right. pressures, all that stuff. And it, it's great yep. to see it the past two weeks. And yeah, somebody said it, Larry. I, Larry, I can never remember your how you say your last name, buddy. I'm gonna go with Bedouin. Bedouin. Yeah. Uh Bedouin, Bedouin. Bedouin. Bed- Bedouin. Bedouin. He's, Bedouin.
0: He's he's from Star Wars.
1: Yeah, Bedouin. Um you said a great uh, very well that we shouldn't be anointing the defense. Yes. Absolutely. We should not be doing that yet, but I think we got to get credit for these 2 weeks, but if our larger sample size if they continue to do this, then then we can have that conversation.
0: I do want to talk about defensively the last topic here. I do want to I do want to talk about some of these young guys like Cody. What is the ceiling for Martin Emerson? Ah, oh, dude, that's He's
1: one of my favorite players on this team now. I mean, yes. not, not to be not to, mm-hmm. not to to be that guy and, and come across as a fan, but I think we're all fans at the same time that we're analysts, and he's been incredibly, incredibly consistent for where he was selected in the third round. Um, I think expectations might have been a little too high for him. But he's, he's meeting those expectations, maybe exceeding them right now. As a ceiling, I think uh, just an above-average corner, I think, is what he should be and what he is. Bed Owen, Okay. Bedouin. Larry Bedouin.
2: Write it down, it. Cody. What'd you say? Write it down. Now, right. now,
0: now, <laughs> write it. <laughs> <laughs> write it. That was a joke, man. OG. OG and, oh, Bedouin. Uh, OG Philly wants to pick a fight. He said Martin Emerson makes Ward tradable. No, I don't oh, think so. Boy. I think no, when oh, you come boy. back. I will no, fight you, yeah. Philly. I have lots of cornerbacks.
1: <laughs> when you have Ward and you have Newsom and you have Emerson, I know Ward hasn't played as well. We expect them to, but that's that's a trio that you can have for but a long
0: time together, guys. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward has put together mm-hmm. a yeah. career that you can't. That we can't just be victims of the moment. I know he's been hurt this year. Right. I know yeah. he didn't play well before he was hurt, but he's put together a career worth of tape showing that he's really, really good. So don't, yeah. don't, don't, Philly. Yeah. I like drop you, a Philly. pin, Philly. I don't want Philly. I don't drop a pin. <laughs> drop a you, pin. I'll
2: fight you. Let's, right. do it, Let's do it, man. Let's do it.
0: I'm ready. Uh, a couple of the other younger guys. Up uh, first of all, speaking of younger guys, uh, the mind-blowing thing that happened in our chat on Slack today is that Taki Taki uh, or Walker is younger than Taki Taki. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. I thought Anthony Walker was like the fun uncle of the uh, of the team, <laughs> the and he's call. younger and he's younger than Taki Taki. Had no idea. Uh, uh, talk about some of those guys on the defensive line. Uh, Isaiah Thomas getting a sack. Alex Wright getting a lot of meaningful minutes. Uh, you even heard, guys, over the last two weeks, we've heard Taven Bryan's name a, a good bit. We've heard Tommy Togia's name <laughs> a good bit. You forgot for like the first five weeks of the season, you forgot Tommy I was even on this team. And you've heard his name a good bit. Uh, some of these younger guys seem to just be stepping up a little bit, yeah?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, like... They're playing better defense. And I think part of it is that they're playing schemes that put the players in better position to succeed. So um, I'm not taking anything away from the players, like credit to the players. They're playing better. But I think that it becomes even more frustrating, the hole that they dug themselves by not playing to their strengths over the first six weeks of the season.
0: Andrew, I love you, man. You're very, it's like a horror movie, the way you just keep disappearing into the abyss as you talk. (laughs) Yeah, Just you, your face looks like the girl from the ring. Uh, my internet
2: is bad, <laughs> yes.
0: really bad. Cody's, Cody's muted and talking, so his yeah, voice is just muted. Yep,
2: nobody wants to hear me talk anyway. Nobody this to is called talk finishing anyway. strong.
0: <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, you were right in the middle of a very good point about schemes and players, and your face just muddled, gone. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, ultimately, this was fun. Ultimately. You can go back to what Larry said, Larry Bedouin. You can go back to you can't anoint this team yet. Right. You you played a really, really phenomenal game. Top to bottom, everywhere, you played a phenomenal game, but you can't anoint this team because they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. You can't. They have got a three-game stretch that is going to decide this season. If you can get two wins in the next three games – your season is right where you wanted it to be when Deshaun Watson comes back. Or it's or it's at least right where people were saying it needed to be for you to have a chance to compete. You've got a tough stretch. You're going to have a revamped Miami Dolphins team. If you believe in two, a tug of uh, you're going to have a Buffalo Bills team that nobody is going to pick you to win in. Nobody's picking the Browns to win in Buffalo. I'm not going to pick the Browns to win in Buffalo.
1: Do Nobody I think the Browns, Browns last night
0: either? Do I think the Browns could win that game in Buffalo? A hundred percent. Yes. I think they can win that game in Buffalo. Uh, Not saying I think they're better, but I think they could go up there and get a win. And then you've got Tom Brady and a not so great looking Tampa Bay team. That's now fighting injuries. Uh, That's going to be coming into Cleveland. This is the stretch that we are embarking upon. So listen, we want you all to go enjoy the next two weeks. We want you to enjoy having a Browns win before a bye week. We want you to enjoy your next weekend. Watch some football. No stress. Just enjoy life. Maybe pick up some college football. Uh, Whatever you want to do because uh, now the season really gets going for the Cleveland Browns, and these next three games are going to be – it's going to be a lot of fun, but they got to put it together. So, listen, that's going to do it for us on the Monday-Tuesday Rewind. Uh, the Cleveland Browns again dominate the Cincinnati Bengals uh, on Monday Night Football, 32-13, uh, behind a strong outing by literally everybody. We had a great <laughs> time talking about it with all of you. We had a great time talking about uh, the trade deadline and and so much more. So again, let me just run this down. Stay tuned to the OBR all week this week. Garage Beers is coming up in an hour. Uh, we've got a really special guest, uh, Brian Kenny. He's a local comedian. But he also hosts the Pound Town podcast for Barstool Cleveland. Uh, he's going to be on with us. We're going to have a great time with Brian Kenny. So get the beers cold and get over and join us in an hour. Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow we've got OBR Weekly. Andrew's going to be jumping on with Barry to talk about the Browns and and everything you guys want to talk about. Yeah, I think uh, we'll talk about the, the Browns. Yeah, you talk about the Browns. <laughs> yeah, I'm going talk about the Browns. Thursday, Jake Burns is going to be on with Chalk Talk, breaking down the film from this Browns-Bengals game. And so make sure you are tuned into the OBR streaming network all week long and make sure you're over on the website. Check out the buzz. Great topics going on on the buzz. Make sure you're checking out Ask the Insiders and Rumor Central and all that stuff. Uh, But make sure you are tuned in to the OBR. That's going to do it for us here. For Andrew Spade, for Cody Sook, I am Michael Keefe. Uh, Browns are winners. We're all winners. Let's go have another beer. Cheers, everybody. Good Browns. Indeed. The NBA is bigger and better than ever. Don't settle for
3: boring analysis and fake
4: hot takes. Get real insider knowledge, real scoops, and really weird ideas about the game we all love An Oddball with Amin El-Hassan, that's him, and Charlotte Wilder, that's me. We'll hit
0: you with funny and fearless talk on
3: all things basketball, from the serious stories on the court, the player beefs off of it, and everything in between.
4: You can catch Oddball with Amin El-Hassan and Charlotte Wilder every Tuesday through Friday on the Draft. Kings Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts.